Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today I am so excited because I have Caitlin Hargraves on the show. So if you are not familiar with Caitlin, she is a lover of all things makeup, hair, fashion, family, home decor, and painting. She is a stepmom, she is a straight shooter, and she has a no bullshit confidence and energy about her that is just contagious. Now, Caitlin's online platform started after she became the makeup artist for former bachelorette designer and lifestyle influencer Jillian Harris on the show Love It or List at Vancouver. But her upbeat personality and her passion for just making women feel beautiful in every aspect of their lives has organically grown her a following of women who are now just dying to hear what she has to say. In this episode, Caitlin and I cover it all. We chat about step parenting and body confidence, weight loss, makeup, Botox, bullies on the internet, and our love for swearing. Now, before we dive into the episode, I am going to do a little shout out to Mabel's Labels, who has sponsored this episode. Now, Mabel's Labels is a company that creates washable labels for all of your kids' stuff. It was created by four busy moms who are frustrated by the fact that their kids' stuff was always getting lost or mixed up or leaving the house never to be seen again, which is something that I think that all moms and stepmoms can relate to. Now, these labels are durable, they're laundry safe, they're dishwasher safe, they're microwave safe, and they're 100% guaranteed. And honestly, they're on most of Reese's things. Now, not only are they great for sending your kids stuff to school or for camp, but they're also great solution for kids who have two separate homes. I don't know about you, but I find it pretty frustrating when I buy the kids stuff and then they wear it to their mom's house and then we just never see it again. Well, until it is too small, that is. But I think if you are in a co-parenting relationship, everyone has been there. But Mabel's labels can help in this situation. What you do is you get different colored labels for mom's house and for dad's house. That way you know what belongs where and everyone gets their stuff back. Now, it's probably not going to solve all of your problems transitioning stuff between mom's house and dad's house, but it will help. So if you go to mabelslabels.ca and use the code JAMIE10, you can receive 10% off of your order. And if you are a parent who is struggling with the whole transitioning stuff between mom's house and dad's house thing, I do have a free guide with 10 tips for transitioning belongings between mom's house and dad's house stress-free. So I will link that for you below, or you can go download it at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash get the kids stuff back. Now let's dive in and chat with Caitlin. Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be able to sit down and chat with you. Hi, how are you? I am good. I am good. How are you? I'm good. Having my coffee, sitting here cuddling with Spanky. Sounds like the perfect afternoon. What you? What time? You're out west, right? Yes, I'm in Vancouver. What, what time of day is it right now? It is ten thirty. Oh, perfect. So this is like a perfect morning chat. Yeah, where are you? I'm in, we are in Ontario. So just Stratford, Ontario. Oh, okay. So it's right. You just five. went to the atelier. 
How was yes, it? it was good. It was really, really good. Jillian and the team did amazing. Good. Um, yeah, it was. It's such a aesthetically pleasing event. It was. It was a good time for sure. Yeah. So we're gonna chat about all things step parenting and Botox and weight loss, and we were all things that people don't really talk about today. So before we dive in, give us give us your elevator pitch. Like, who is who are you? What's your what do you got going on right now? Uh, I'm a makeup artist, so I do uh, weddings and makeup lessons and uh, freelance stuff. I've been working on the TV show Love It or List It for the last seven years. Um, that's how I met Jillian and became part of that team. And it's been a crazy ride. And I'm a stepmom uh, three years now. And that's been a definite shift in just lifestyle and all that. And I just started painting I think two years ago as well. So I do watercolor paintings, a lot of dog portraits. Yeah, that's me. I like to be crude and uh, (laughs) talk about shit that people don't like to talk about. And I like jokes and good movies. That's amazing. Yeah, you are are definitely, your brand is really taking off and you have such a voice. You've been such a pleasure, a pleasure to watch. Thank you. So how you've been, how old are your stepkids? They're six and eight. So Jackson is uh, just turned to eight in January and Eli is six, but he turned seven in November. You know what? I was actually just talking to Darren the other day about step parents because we're in the teenage years now. Like my youngest stepson is, he's 12. So he's tween and, okay. and the oldest are 16 and 15. And, wow, was, and those are your three step kids. Yes. And then we have my right. daughter who's, she's five. Yes. What is like, Holy, I just, Okay. Miss that time. I miss the six <laughs> and eight, the movie nights, and that they like to hang oh, yeah. out with you. And it, yeah, they still want to hang out with you. They're not embarrassed yet. <laughs> yeah, they still thought we were cool back then, and now I think that they're like, you guys are so so lame. So that's <gasps> well, you thing. have one coming up though. Yeah, that's true. She's but she's like actually, it's interesting with her. So she's five, but I would say she has probably given us more attitude than both the teenagers combined. So I think we're going to be in for a ride with this one. Yeah. <laughs> and how long have you and your husband been together now? We have been together for seven years. We just had our seventh wedding anniversary. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. So, thank you. Thank you. Some days were really, really like. Some days it feels like it was you know, forever ago. And yeah. And then it's just yesterday. Was, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, does your blended family dynamic, like being part of such, you know, a public online platform, does that make it any more complicated? The fact that you're a stepmom? Cause I know there's, I know for me, there's definitely boundaries that I have to put in place in terms of like what I share, what I don't share and all of that. Has that ever, you know, impacted how you, how you grow your online platform? I don't think so. Um, I think I'm lucky in that way. And, um, the boy's mom is pretty open with me sharing stuff on my social media. Um, she like, we have a good relationship and she would tell me if she wasn't comfortable with, with anything, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I share pretty much everything, obviously when they're having meltdowns, like I don't want to stick the camera in their face. Although sometimes it's so funny because it's just absolutely ridiculous what they're crying about. And I want to, but, um, yeah, no, I think it's, I think I'm pretty, I think I would be the same way if they were my own biological kid. You would be the same, like be open to the stepmom totally. sharing? Yeah, you know, I don't think yeah. that it's no ill intent, right? Sometimes totally. you know, I, I talk to stepmoms who their, you know, husband's ex or their stepchildren's mom, however you want to word it, 
say, I don't want you posting any pictures, even on your, your private pages. And I'm like, come yeah. on. Yeah. I've, I've had, I've known some friends that are like that as well. And it's like, but what? Like, I mean, I could understand if the other parent was like very private and didn't want pictures of their kids on the internet in general. So maybe that is the issue. But if it's like, I'm allowed to share, but you're not allowed to share, then it's like that. Then we're just being immature at that point. Yeah. Sometimes I just don't get it. Cause I'm like, you know, don't you want someone in your children's lives who cares about them and thinks of them as their family and treats them with love and, you know, is proud totally. of them. Like the, oh yeah. But it doesn't make any sense to me, but I guess each to their own, right? What can you, what can you really do? Yeah. Yes. I don't understand those people, but that's just, that's just not me. And apparently that's not you either. So, you know, we're just open. Yeah, we're just open. It is what it is. So yeah. your platform. So what's the inspiration behind your page? Like you, it is so beautifully aesthetic, but you're so raw and real and you're, you're really sharing, you know, as much as you're a makeup artist and you're a very, very talented watercolor artist there is something else that happens and there's a feel that people get when they, when they're on your online platform. Like what is the inspiration? What is the, well, will you tell me what is the feel that you get? (laughs) I, the feel that I get, I, I just, I love that it's aesthetically pleasing because that is also like something that's important to me, but I just feel like this girl is the real friggin' shit. Like you're the real deal. That, that actually is the vibe that I get. Well, that's good. I mean, I did like, it's weird because I kind of fell into social media. I was associated with Jill because obviously I do her makeup and everything. And I never was trying to like grow a social platform until like the last year or so before it was just kind of like, I'll post whatever. And, and people followed if they, if Jill tagged me, they would follow me. And then, yeah, that was kind of the feedback I was getting that I was like a little bit more approachable and honest. And I didn't really care what other people think, which is just who I am. Like I'm open. I'm, I say things that that most people probably wouldn't <laughs> make people uncomfortable. And I talk about things that I guess a lot of people don't like. It's not really common, common knowledge to me that people didn't really talk about these things because I just talk about them on a day to day with my friends and family and even strangers. Right. So, but it is interesting to see the comments that I get saying like, Oh, thank you for talking about this. Cause something like talking about like menstrual cups or like weight loss surgery or something like that. It, it's not, necessarily off limits to me where I guess it is for other people. So yeah, I think I just want to maintain that. And like, I've started to do sponsored posts um, more recently. And I just want to make sure that like, I'm only telling people things that are honest and true. And I would only also like recommend products that I also would use, not just because it's like a sponsored post or something. So I think I just want people to feel like we're friends because I don't know. I, I don't really, I never really had like an out, like a like an idea of what I wanted people to think because I didn't really like plan it from the beginning as a brand. You know what I mean? I kind of just started sharing my life and it turned into an influencer or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And you know what? I'm very much the same. And when I started my blog and started my platform, I really, I had, there was really no intention behind it. I wasn't like, this is going to be what I do for a living or I'm going to grow this whatever. It was not, it was just really me sharing what was going on and I've never really had a filter. So yeah. I think, you know, you get the real authentic people because they're not even thinking like their strategy isn't to be authentic. They just, it's organic. It just happens organically and people enjoy watching them. And then it turns into, I guess you could say a brand or an influencer, but yeah, I think that, I think the people that aren't trying as hard tend to be the more authentic and enjoyable to follow because it's not sales pitchy or forced. It's just like, and, and when people 
I remember I was talking to my mom about it and she's like, well, you know, if you want to partner with these big brands, like maybe you should consider like not swearing in this. And that. I was like, no, if, if this brand doesn't want to partner with me because I swear or because I say this, then I don't want to partner with that brand. They're obviously not a brand that works for me. Yeah, no, I totally but, get that. I actually, I send out a weekly email with like stepmom tips or just musings or something that I don't typically put on the blog. It's just for my email list. And Everyone's well, not pretty much most emails. I swear at least once or twice because I I love a good f bomb. I I yeah. love to don't give a shit. Like it's actually how I speak all the time. So yeah, and I, it's not harmful if you're if you're not directing it towards someone. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. I just really like to emphasize what I'm saying. And I had someone reply back to my email and said, "Hey, uh, just wanted to let you know. I feel like your emails would be a lot more enjoyable." if you didn't swear so much. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, well, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, <that's laughs> uh, I consider replying that, but I just was like, well, you know, this is me. Maybe I'm not the right person for you to follow. Scroll down to the bottom. There's an unsubscribe an button. Unsubscribe. Yeah, exactly. Like no harm, no foul. It's not like a, it doesn't have to be like, fuck you. I want to swear this and that. It's just like, not everyone's going to like everyone. And that's okay. Yeah. Like, it's- there yeah. are people that aren't going to like me and I'm okay with that. I don't need everyone to like me because I don't like everyone and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, I see. You, and that's, and that's a, that's the beauty of social media is like, no one's fucking forcing you to follow anyone. I can unfollow anyone at any point and I don't have to watch their stuff. Yeah. And you can follow, and do you know what also is you can watch something online and not agree with it and, and not still be someone okay with to you. <laughs> yeah, just be okay with it. There's a lot of times I see people walking down the street. I'm like, what are you wearing? But like, you know, it's not my life. So you live it. You go, girl. Yeah. Can you imagine if in life people no. did they do online? I know like, what you're going to say. I know and, exactly like, what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like that person that said to me, oh my God, your eyelashes. I can't believe you're a makeup artist and you're in the industry and you're walking around with your eyelashes all messy. I was like, first of all, would you ever say that to me if you saw me on the street? And second of all, why do you care so much about my fucking eyelashes? Like get a life. I know. Do you know what, how I respond to trolls online? I will say, um, thank you for taking the time out of your day to share your opinion. Like, which like the subtext is that get a friggin' hobby and then yeah. I'll kind of like say something other than that. But I just want like, you're taking time out of your day oh God, yeah. to make yeah, that just feel bad. Go to therapy. And, yeah, exactly. They're very unhappy with their lives. That's for sure. That's just a bully. It's just the same thing as bullying when you're a kid. It's, they're just unhappy with something and they feel like that's going to make them feel better if someone else feels worse. Yeah. I'm like, I hope that made you feel really good. Now this yeah. take or leave it attitude that you have, have you always had it? Like, have you always been like this? Uh, I'd say for the most, like I'd say for the most part, um, I would say more so in the last five years. Like I've always been kind of like, yeah, whatever, like water off a duck's back. I don't really care so much. Um, but I would say in the last, yeah, like I had some pretty shitty relationships and friendships that I was just like, I don't need this in my life. Like cut the cancer out. I don't, I just want to be happy and do what I want to do. And like, yeah, like I'm the one who has to be happy with myself. Like my friends and family are great. They're the cherries on top to my, to my life. But I'm the one who has to live with myself forever. Right. So like, I have to be happy with who I am, what I like the decisions I make. So if you don't like it, that's totally okay. I don't need you to agree with me. We can still, 
we can either not be friends and that's totally okay. Or we can be friends and have different opinions because that's also okay. Mm -hmm. Preach it. The other thing I really wanted to dive into, you just had a weight loss surgery. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I'm going to link that you did a video, you did a vlog about it. So I'm going to link that for yes. everyone. I think that everyone should watch that video. It was just, you had me in tears. But <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about the weight loss surgery, what inspired it, why you decided to do it and just kind of like yeah, what- Yeah. And you, I also wrote a, a blog. So basically what happened was I had weight loss surgery in October and before I had it, um, October 2018, before I went for it, I talked to my friend Jenny, who's who came with me and she does a lot of producing directing. And I said, I want to share this with everyone. I said, I want to wait until like at least three or four months after the surgery so I can have some results and kind of share how it's been. Like I didn't want to I didn't want to share it from the very beginning because A, I knew I'd get a lot of unwanted opinions. B, I didn't I wouldn't have answers to give people on like how I'm feeling. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to have some progress and have been, have been doing it for a while. So I could tell people how I'm feeling after, and this is what I went through and blah, blah, blah. But anyways, so I, so I went down with the intention of filming everything and, um, wanting to share it on social media at, at some point. But, um, yeah, I had weight loss surgery in October in Mexico and part of Ayarda at this place called Allobariatrics. And I had, I had actually never really heard of this surgery until like the, the previous year. I knew there was, um, gastric bypass surgery, which is more commonly known. I'm sure you've heard about that. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine had it and she said, Oh, I just went to Mexico and I had this surgery like a month ago. And I was like, Oh my God, it sounds like a magical surgery, but like, I'm not going to get surgery and I'm also not going to go to Mexico. So that's not an option for me. And then a few months later, like one of my good friends was like, Oh, I'm actually getting this same surgery, but she was getting it done in Canada. So she had qualified through like our medical system and I was like, oh, like this is an actual thing that people do. Like when my friend who told me she had it done in Mexico, I thought it was just like, you know, one of those crazy certain, like something crazy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so when my friend said she had it done here, I was like, oh, this is like something people actually like do and they do in Canada. So I researched it a ton. I didn't qualify in Canada. So I was like, okay, I'm going to research this place that my friend went to in Mexico. And I was just like, I'm just going to do it. I don't, for some reason, I don't know why I wasn't scared. Like, I, I'm not really sure why, because I feel like that's something I would normally be like apprehensive about, but I would just wasn't, I booked it and I was like, I'm going to do this. This is great. I think if you book it in Canada, there's like a year or two wait sometimes. And I was like, oh, I'm fucking time for this. Like, I'm not getting any younger. I'm not getting any thinner. And I want to just live my life and I want to be comfortable in my body. And like, I was always confident, you know what I mean? Like I was still posting myself in clothes and stuff like that online, but I just didn't feel good. My body was like in pain and yeah, I just didn't feel great. So I had the surgery in Mexico. It was amazing. The hospital's unbelievable. The service was amazing. It was basically a vacation and I just couldn't eat or drink anything, which sucked. But yeah. And then I came home and it's been a, it's been an adjustment in terms of like mentally getting your head around, um, how much I can eat, like how much I could eat before I could eat so much before. And I would always eat till I was like so full and now I just eat a really small portion and I, and, and I have to remind myself that I can still be emotionally satisfied by this one, let's say slice of thin crust pizza as I could with five slices of pizza. You know what I mean? Like I can still enjoy it just the same and now I'm full. So it's great. Like I don't need that. I don't need that kind of emotional eating pattern. So it's definitely helped. It's kind of helped me both ways. Like I got there emotionally before I had the surgery, but then also since the surgery, I've gotten 
there even more emotionally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, when you say that you got there emotionally before the surgery, what kind of emotional work did you have to do to kind of get to that place? Like I didn't like physically try and work on it. I just had gotten to a point in my life, I think, where I was just like, this, like I'm ready for this. Like I can handle this. Like I understand kind of my body and, and why. And like, it's, it wasn't like I was just eating crazy bad food and being really unhealthy before. Like I was fairly healthy and, and conscious of my diet. I didn't really work out very much, but I wasn't completely sedentary and I just couldn't get past like there's certain, like I basically could lose like 20 pounds and I could not get past that. And I would always be so hungry, which is what I was struggling with most was the actual hunger. It wasn't like a craving or wanting to eat bad food. I was just so hungry all the time and I just could never satisfy that. So I think though, just in the last couple of years, being like healthier with my choices had just made me realize that I was ready to actually like, they, it wasn't about that I needed to figure out my, my lifestyle and my choices. It was just like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like I was there yeah. mentally, I was already making good decisions. I just couldn't get the weight off. Yeah. You're like, this is not going to be my life. And this is what I'm going to do to take totally. me to like, yeah. yeah. And I don't want to obsess about food all the time. I don't think about like what I'm going to eat, what, like where I'm going to eat or what I'm going to eat. And am I going to be full enough? You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, I just, I don't want to have to worry about that. There's so much other shit that I could be doing and spending time with my family and working and enjoying life and not worrying about all the other bullshit. Yeah. And there's such an emotional component to that as well. So how has that changed your, how you feel just about yourself, your confidence? Oh yeah. It's been great. I mean, like I said, I've always like, I've always been pretty confident, even when I wasn't feeling great on like some days I would still just, you know, nobody knows unless you tell them basically. So you can just fake it and dress. Like, I feel like I, I was conscious of how I, I dressed well for my body. Like I still do think that some body types look better with some clothing and some like you can wear whatever you want, but there are some things that are going to flatter your body a little bit more than others maybe. So I think I was pretty good at dressing my body type. It's so funny too, because people are always like, Oh my God, I didn't know that you were like, you were heavy enough for this, or you look so good. Also like people see me on social media. They don't know what I look like in real life. People think that I'm like five, three and I'm five, eight. So when I tell them I'm five, eight, they're like shocked. I'm like, well, you've seen me on a on a iPhone screen for the last hour many years. Like you don't know what I'm like in real life, but, but yeah, no, I just, I think I dressed for my body then. And now I just feel better about just like, I still dress for my body now. Like there's still some things that I won't wear and some things I don't feel like I look good in or I don't feel comfortable wearing, but I'm more, I'm more open now. Like I wore a crop top the other day, just in my house, but I did post it on my Instagram. So yeah, I just feel better. I feel more comfortable in my own skin and I feel more like myself. Like I used to, I used to feel like myself and then I gained a ton of weight and that 80 pounds was like, I just didn't feel like myself. And it's not like this, it's not like I have this idea in my mind of this like crazy thin runway model that I need to be. I just want to feel good in my own skin and I'm getting there, which is great. Yeah. And you know, this may sound really crazy because, you know, I've watched your Insta stories and, you know, I've watched you probably, you know, for for over a year now. And I do see a difference in the way that you present yourself. There is this element of being more confident and, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you even realize that it's evident to people who are watching you, but it, it definitely is like you could have definitely seen a shift in you. Yeah. I think I'm just happier and I'm just more it wasn't like an intentional, oh, I'm going to, when I get to this, I'm going to, you know, wear this and I'm going to be happy about it. It's just, I've just been happier. I just feel more comfortable in myself. I'm not in pain. I'm not uncomfortable at time. Like when I, when I wear my makeup kit and I have my bags on my shoulders and I'm walking up 
hill on a set on on set i'm not huffing i'm not like uncomfortable i'm not sweating i'm not you know what i mean like so that in its in itself without the physical like looking better or feeling better in my clothes that itself is makes me happier yeah you're happy and healthy and it's yeah Now, speaking of other things that people don't typically talk about, the one thing that I did, it was, I think it was probably the first time I ever kind of clicked over from you to your Instagram, you were talking and your forehead moved or something. You're like, Oh, uh, going to need to get that Botox. (laughs) And you know, I love that because I've, I'm not against Botox. Like I love me a good couple shots of Botox uh, every few months. And people ask me all the time about my skincare regime and how do you look young and like all of that. And it's actually something (laughs) this might be, or I was actually on a podcast episode last week. I believe that I maybe talked about uh, Botox briefly, but I've never really talked about it because I was scared that people were going to judge me for it or have the backlash and obviously you don't feel that way like what makes you just want to talk still feel like that you still haven't talked about it or you have now I have I, I recorded a podcast last week and it will go out before this one goes oh, okay. out so um now officially as this goes live I have disclosed to the world that I um <laughs> have Botox but you know it's it's this weird thing it's like it's everyone. What did someone say? There was like this thing online. It was like, it's kind of like online dating. Everyone does it, but no one talks about it. Right. Yeah. Which is funny. I met Keith online dating as well. <laughs> oh yeah. I used to love yeah, online dating before Darren and I got together. I was like an online dating champ. Both my sister and I were, she met her boy, yeah. her husband at match.com. What did you meet on? Plenty of fish. Plenty of fish. Yeah. yeah. And It's like a love-hate thing though. Like it's fun, but it's also fucking horrible because there's a lot of creepy, gross guys that you go on dates with and you're like, I've just wasted my time, my money and my emotional investment here. (laughs) I know. I know. I remember going on a date once and the guy was just, for lack of other words, he was a bit of a douche. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, kind of like, all right, well, I'll, um, talk to you later. I got to go. And I had to pretend that I, was going to get in my car, but I was actually so drunk because I had to drink my way through the date, the date, tolerate it. And I had to pretend that I had to get a call and get a cab to go home because I was like, I had to drink my emotions away on this, uh, on this oh, date yeah. from that's online. But he's like, I'm never going to see you again. Or am I? I'm like, no. and you're like, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> the smartest thing you've said all night. <laughs> okay. Um, both Sorry. Yeah. Botox. What was your question again? Just like, what made you just, have you always been open about it? You're just like, yeah, Botox. Like I love it. I look, what's your thoughts on the whole Botox? I I think I started getting Botox. I want to say, I want to say a year and a half ago, maybe. And how old are you? Maybe two. I'm 31. Right. So that's, I think I was 20. Time to start. I, I don't know. I'd never really thought about it before. And then I've always had these three lines on my forehead and my skin's like, like, pretty good. Like my mom's Chinese. So I have, I'm half Asian. So I have like pretty good skin. Um, but I always raise my eyebrows when I talk and when I smile and like could not, not raise my eyebrows when I smile, because I feel like my eyes look kind of dead and like black when I don't raise my eyebrows. So I would always raise my eyebrows. And then I would always have these three lines on my forehead and I hated them so much. And so I was like, you know, I'm just going to get Botox. And I, and I looked into it too. And like, I know people are like, oh, whatever they, whatever you want to say about Botox. But basically, yeah, if you start younger, you're going to prevent 
making those lines and those creases, which are going to create deeper creases. So if, if I started getting Botox at when I'm 30, as opposed to when I'm 50, when I'm 50, I'm already going to have 20 years of those lines set into my skin. You know, it's just like loose skin when you, when you gain weight. If you have excess weight for a long period of time, your skin gets used to that. And then when you lose the weight, your skin's still stretched out because that's just how it's been for so long, right? So it's mm-hmm. the same thing with Botox. If you have creases that are you're constantly making over and over again for years, it's going to create higher lines. So if the, the younger you start, you're basically training your training your skin to not make those motions, which create those creases. So anyways, I started getting it done and I fell in love with it, but I Mm -hmm. was apprehensive about posting about it. And I was a little bit nervous, but, and I said that on my um, Instagram stories, it's like, I'm going into the Manny lab. I'm getting Botox. I don't want to hear your negative comments about it. I'm going to share this with you. You don't have to agree with it, but this is what I'm doing. And I got a lot of good positive feedback saying, uh, like, you do whatever the fuck you want to do. Like, you, you know, and you can get whatever you want. It's your face. You don't have to make, like, you don't have to um, be worried about what other people think. And like the only, like typically I actually don't get a lot of haters. People will say like, oh, you don't need Botox. You're beautiful the way you are. And I'm like, thank you for your opinion. I didn't ask you, but thank you. Like, um, thank you for the I compliment. appreciate that you think that. Yeah. But yeah, like basically I can do whatever I want with my face and my body. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think people don't, I, I think that is a stigma that's created around it. And the reason people think that Botox is bad is because people don't want to share about it. It's mm-hmm. like, do you know what I mean? Like the only reason people think it's bad is because there's like this weird negative stigma about it, but like Botox is fine. I think, I think what people have in their minds as well is like the extreme cases of like frozen face where you can't move and it's not done well. I think if it's done well, then it's great. Why not? Like, it's just, I I feel like the same about Botox and lip filler and all that as I do about dyeing my hair and wearing makeup and um, like putting jewelry on. Like I know typically, like I know it's considered a little bit more dangerous because it's needles and this and that and chemicals and whatever. But um, yeah, like I think that getting eyelash extensions and dyeing my hair and wearing cute outfits, the same thing as getting lip filler. If I want to, if I want to tweak the way I look and whatever, like I I think that's fine. And I think everyone should have, uh, be open and and not be judged if they want to do that. Yeah, for sure. And I know there's a lot of backlash and people will say it's, there's no shame in aging. Like you can age gracefully. Like there's nothing wrong with aging and there's not absolutely. But I think that people should be free and women should be free to just say, you know what, I'm going to do this because it makes me feel a little bit better. Right. It makes me feel more confident and you don't need to agree with why this makes me feel more confident. Like it's just, totally. it's, it works for me. I had someone say, cause I have had eyelash extensions since you know what? For seven years now, it was since my sister's mm-hmm. wedding. Actually, I took them off once for a little bit and I looked like ET. Like oh I God, it's the worst. Yes. You feel literally like you're ill. It's disgusting. You I know. I know. Yeah. So <laughs> ASAP. But, you know, and I like to do that. And people will say, well, that's a little high maintenance, you know, the Botox, the eyelash extensions, whatever. And it actually, but if it makes you feel better and it yeah. makes you confident. And with the eyelash extensions, you can wake up, throw in some tinted moisturizer, throw yourself, you know, your hair in a top knot and off you go without spending say 20 less daily maintenance. Totally. Totally. So it's, I guess it really depends on how you look at it, but I love that women are starting to talk about this and say, you know, this is what it makes me feel good. And so I'm going to do it. It has nothing to do with, you know, 
the stigma in society about aging and this and that. It's like, this is just where my head's at right now. So shut and, up. And that's just it. Some people may want to have wrinkles and gray hair and that's totally okay. And some people don't want to have gray hair and they want to have smooth skin. And that's also okay. Like that's, that's the whole point is it doesn't matter. It's all personal preference. And that's why we have different choices of things. That's why they don't make just one color of couch and one flavor of coffee. That's why they have a variety because people like different things. Yes. Oh my gosh. Funny thing. So Darren, when I come home, like then, you know, a couple weeks later, cause it takes a bit for the Botox to kick in. He, <laughs> mm-hmm. he looks at me, I said, look, I'm like, look at my face. It looks good. eh?" He says, should I get Botox? And like, you know, he's <laughs> years older than me. And I was like, it's not going to look like this. Like you should have started that a long time ago, honey. But <laughs> it will help though. It will, it help. will help. I know. I know. And it I can will. do lots of different things. It's not just for wrinkles. Like, you know what I mean? It can fix like, like if you have like a drooping eye or an uneven eyelid or something, you can help with that or uneven eyebrows, it can fix that. Or so when you talk, like you move one side of your mouth more than the other, it can help with those. So it's actually like not just to make wrinkles go away. It's not just for aging. There's lots of different things. Like I had it done in my, uh, I think they're called masseters, like in the sides of my jaw because I clench. And um, like I've had braces lots and, I, and I've had mouth guards and stuff and I clench my jaw and it gives me a lot of tension headaches and a lot of pain through the back of my neck. And um, it's helped. So like I can still bite and everything, but I just can't like really, really clench. And then there's an added bonus of it's, it thins out the sides of your face as well. But yeah, no, it, there's lots of different things that helps with headaches too. You can get them all over your, um, all over your head, in the back of your skull and in your neck for migraines. Like people that get migraines, they get Botox all over. Sweating too. If you're sweating. sweating if you're- yeah. Yeah. Like there's lots of different reasons that people do things, but the thing is like, it doesn't matter if it's medical or aesthetic. Like I personally don't think there's anything wrong with changing the way you look. If that's what makes you happy. Like people that are like, Oh, I'm a purist or I'm natural. It's like, that's great. And that works for you, but that's not how I want to live and that's not how I want to look and that's okay. So you do Mm -hmm. you, I'll do me and we can all just get along. Yes. Preach it girl. (laughs) All right. I have five um, power round questions. It's like five questions that I want to, want to chat with you about. So number one, what would you say is the most difficult thing about being a stepmom? Not having the kids full time. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a couple of things, obviously like it's great to have the days when we're like, Oh sweet, we're single and we get to go and hang out and have dinner and then sleep in the next day. Um, but not seeing them all the time is hard for more than one reason, just to like, obviously we miss them, but also just like in terms of the different rules between both households, like we have, like, we want to create more consistency and it's a little bit hard when they go from our house, which has certain sets of rules and certain the way we do things. And then, and then their mom's house, which has a different set of rules and they do things differently. So when we get them, you know, going back and forth, there's just like a, there's a little bit of a time adjustment period every time we get them to mm-hmm. kind of go back to how we run our house. So, and then like scheduling holidays and stuff like that, that can be difficult as well, because obviously we both want them on the hall on like Christmas and, you know, Halloween and stuff like that. So usually we work, usually it's fine and we work it out together. Like we'll go out for Halloween together and we do joint birthdays and stuff like that. So we figure it out, but yeah, I would say that that's probably the hardest. Yeah. And that's amazing. You guys can all get along like that. What do you think is the best thing about being a stepmom? I definitely think is seeing their relationship grow from like, I mean, obviously I was basically a stranger when we first met. So I don't have any biological kids, but I'm, from what I hear, it's basically like an instant bond and you just love your child and they just love you. And it's just like, mom, you know what I mean? Like 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just different going from like a kid, like they were still pretty young. They were what, three and five. So they were still pretty young, but still like I was a stranger and now like I'm a mom to them. So like when they're here, like I'm their mom and they're excited to see me and I'm excited to see them and they cuddle with me and they tell me they love me. So it's like, it's just, it's so rewarding to see like a relationship go from I'm a stranger. I'm your dad's girlfriend. Hi, nice to meet you. Spending a little bit more time together to like me being their mom in Mm -hmm. three short years. So it's kind of crazy, but um, yeah, it's just cool to see like this relationship grow. Oh, I love that. Okay. So what's the biggest misconception about stepmoms? I think I've gotten this a few times and it's not like, I don't know if this is like the general, like I get, I get comments from both sides. So, but what I would say is when people are like, Oh, well, you're a step parent. So you're like, you get to be the fun parent. And I'm like, uh, no, like I am a parent. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if I shove these babies out my badge or not. Like I am a parent <laughs> to them. And when they're here, like I discipline them and I have rules. I'm not just like, oh, do whatever you want. Like your dad will, you know, your dad will give you the rules and go ask your dad. Like I parent equally as much as Keith does and equally as much as their mom does when, when she's with them. So I think when people, like when people think that I just get to be like this fun, like carefree parent, and maybe that's the case if like you're a step parent that comes in later in the game and you're, you know, you're older, but I still feel like it, this is my, like I am the role of their stepmom and I am going to parent them just, just as any other, any other child, if I had him biologically or not. Yeah, for sure. And it's not all fun and games because sometimes it no. is a little different dynamic and you're, you know, you does just the stepmom, but you're putting in all of the same effort and all yeah. this like nitty gritty. Oh. It's not just oh, like reading yeah. books and like making brownies. Oh yeah. Doing all the exact same work, but then being the stepmom, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like oh, the I'm- boys don't, like the boys are never like, they've never said like, you're not my mom or anything. Thank God. I think I'd be devastated, but like they treat me just like their mom. Yeah. And that's amazing. So yeah. switching gears, what, so say someone wants to up their makeup game, but has no idea where to start. Like what are the three to five things that they just, just to start, what do they need? Three to five products Yes, or things or anything. Uh, like they should get a makeup lesson. <laughs> they should have, they should, they should go and see, or like do YouTube or something to figure out where they're at but you need like good skincare. If you don't know what you're doing, what you need is good lighting. So either natural light near a window or LED daylight bulbs because nobody's makeup's going to look good if they're doing them in incandescent lighting. I can tell you that much. If you ever do your makeup in your bathroom and then you go outside and you realize you look like dog shit, it's because you did it in incandescent light. So (laughs) Do your makeup in LED daylight bulb. It's going to mimic natural light. It's going to give you the best possible color and it's better. And then you need good quality products and brushes. But I would say in terms of the actual makeup itself, I would say a good concealer, a good waterproof eyeliner, a brow pencil, and figure out how to do your brows. And probably someone who doesn't know what they're doing, a powder foundation. If you're not super, super dry skin, a powder foundation is going to be your easiest bet to kind of get it blended and looking good. Mm -hmm. And you have something on your website. It's like a link to your favorite products, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a shop page. Um, There's a bunch of different categories. I have like my skincare and my makeup favorites and all that. So um, there's a lot of good products in there. And it's so funny because people are like, oh, what product? I saw your makeup tutorial because I did one with Jill. They're like, oh, but I've been using this like Rimmel eyeliner and it's smudging. 
they're like, what would you recommend? I was like, I would recommend the product that I linked and said that I recommend <laughs> because there's a reason that your eyeliner is sponging. Yeah. Pay attention. Like I've been through them. Yeah. I've been through them. Okay. Like I've tested them. Okay. Like trust me. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So I'm going to link that page for people because I know for me, my sister's actually a makeup artist and even nice. still- I do not know. No, but you know what? The thing about my sister being a makeup artist and she actually loves you. So this might be like the first podcast episode of mine that she actually listens to. But (laughs) the worst is like you go to hang out with her and you're like, I know she's going to be looking at my makeup. Like, okay, that is what everyone says to me. It's so funny. They're like, oh, I I knew that I was like, my friend was going to meet you today and just spend so much time working on her makeup. I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) Like, if you want my help, I will help you. But like, you don't need to wear makeup just to appease me. Like, I don't, I barely wear very much makeup on the day to day. So I have my eyelashes and my eyebrows done. Yeah, that's why you got to do it. Okay. What's the first thing you need to do in the morning when you wake up? Or what's the first thing you do do when you wake up in the morning? You just said do do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hit my snooze button, obviously, like six times. So that's the first thing I do. But then after that, when I actually come to terms with the fact that I have to get up, I usually check my emails with one eye open. You know, in the morning, you have to like close one eye to, to like, like I can't open both eyes that early in the morning. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a 5 a.m.er. So I, Ew. Like, I am like one of those people who like hop out of bed and I'm Ew. like, so- that's so me. But you know what? I had to actually train myself to become a morning person because I will say like with the four kids and everyone's going to hockey, like we could have like 13 hockey practices and games or whatever in a week. Like it is just psycho with all the kids right now. And I felt like I didn't have any time by myself where no one was speaking to me. And right. so I had to just do it when like, I just like to get up and have my coffee in quiet before anyone says my name. See, that's like, my nighttime. I stay up to like one. Oh yeah. No, see, if I could go to bed at eight o'clock every night, I would. Oh my God. I don't even have dinner until like nine. I'm like, yeah, well I can have a late dinner. And then I like to just like after dinner, there's no jobs. Like I am, there's no other step there's dinner. And in my perfect world, I like to just just bed. Yeah. Dinner. Wow. What's that life like? (laughs) I would like to be more of a morning person, but without an alarm, I would say I'd probably get up around eight 30. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm automatically at six. That's, that's kind of, yesterday to go to the conference. I was up at four 30 cause I had to drive to the city. It was, wow. it was a little bit nuts, but yeah, that's me. And that, but then Darren and I will go out on the weekends so that we could go out until like two in the morning sometimes. And so then you sleep in a little that really, Oh yeah. Then I sleep in like the weekends are different to like six 30. <laughs> no, to like nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm all over the yeah. map. I would like to do more uh, video content. I'm not sure exactly what capacity that's going to be. Like I know the whole YouTube thing, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like to make it successful to be on YouTube, you need sponsors and you need to get paid by YouTube and you need to get product sponsors. And I feel like if I get product sponsors, they're not going to be the ones that I want. And then I'm going to have I'm going to feel like I need to take like like a sponsorship on with the product that I don't love so that I can actually pay my bills because I'm doing all this for YouTube content. So I don't know if I want to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to figure out a way to do both and I want to do more artwork. I want to work from home, although I'm finding it very hard since we've slowed down filming. I'm trying to work from home and do more artwork. I find it very hard to focus and I don't know how anyone does it because I find so many excuses to not do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to get on top of that. I just, I just got this like new online program thing that helps with my admin and all that. So 
yeah, I think just organically kind of expanding if it if that's where my brand goes and it and it works out, then cool. Um, I would like to do more kind of workshop seminars like the one I did in Ontario a couple months ago. I want to do like more of that. And yeah, I kind of don't really have a plan. <laughs> it's just kind of how I roll. I just gotta go with the flow. Keep doing what you're doing because it's obviously working. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on. It's a pleasure chatting with you. Yes, you too. So do we just end this here and you stop recording or do we talk after for a second? <laughs> I'm going to talk after, but now I'm still okay. recording right now. Just one second. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.